Now, then there is another child that asks, when a believer dies, when a believer dies, does he go to a nice holding place before going to heaven? A nice holding place. You know what's a holding place? Where it holds all the souls, and this holding place is a very nice place. Right? So, the person dies, Christian dies, then the soul goes to a place and waits. Just holding there until eventually goes to heaven. Okay? So, Anna asked that. Anna, why do you ask that? Is it you? I have it here. Anna. They always say no. Can't remember. Okay. Well, it's been asked. Now, this question comes up all the time, actually. Um, and I want us to be very clear. So, I have spoken to people who... I remember someone's grandmother passed away once. And then she was very sad. And um, when I first came to this church, they said, my grandmother in Brunei passed away. I said, she's a believer, yes. But I said, then why are you so sad? You know, she is, she is not immediately in heaven. I said, why do you say that? They said, well, you know what we've always taught, what we've always learned. And there are many pastors and preachers who teach us this including the Roman Catholics, alright? That when the Christian die, dies, he goes somewhere and waits. He has to wait, then eventually go to heaven. Is it true? Why do people have this belief? So maybe I ask the parents. Claude, what do you think? Waiting list. Waiting list. Like, like when you register to come back to church, there's waiting list, alright? Not enough seats, waiting list. Yeah. See, so we do have that concept, very prevalent. So parents, are you clear from scriptures? Can you explain to your child? Alright, see another parent disagree with, with Claude or not. Uh, what other parents? Alex, you like nice waiting place? So the child here is a nice holding place, you know? Alright, for the Roman Catholics, they believe that they need to be cleansed before they go to heaven. So they can't go immediately to heaven. What do you think, John, John Wu? Now, now we have two Johns. <laughs> holding place, nice holding place, or immediately pew, in, with God? Before they judge, they go up? Yeah, so some say must wait. So let's establish it and make it clear once and for all. Alright, once and for for all. Alright, Gracia? Gracia, what do you think? Go to a waiting place or go immediately to heaven? Like mommy says, alright, come home. But you cannot come home yet. You must go to a nice place and wait before you can go home. Waiting place or go straight to heaven after a Christian dies? The brother is very happy that the sister get asked. They go to heaven straight away. How old are you, Gracia? Say again? Ten, all right. The ten-year-old disagree with all the adults, pretty much. What is important is what does God's word say. It's so common that we must make sure we understand. Now it comes. This concept comes from the fact that the people interpret Luke twenty-three forty-three. Let's turn to Luke twenty-three forty-three. Luke 
Now we know this is the Lord Jesus speaking to the thief on the cross very quickly. Alright, let's read together. Luke 23, 43. And Jesus answered him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Oh no, gracia, I think you're wrong. It's paradise. That's why it's called nice place, right? That's why the child asked, go to a nice holding place. Because Jesus said, told the thief, you'll be with me today. Today in paradise. Jesus didn't say heaven. So go to a nice paradise. Now some people say, oh, holiday. Hawaii is like a paradise. So paradise. So from that, people say, no, didn't, doesn't go to heaven straight away. Now, and that is one. Now, there is another area, for example, that you turn to First Peter. Turn to First Peter. How people derive this idea of going to a nice place or needs to go somewhere first, first before they go to heaven. First Peter chapter 3. Now, because they interpret this, now verse 18 and 19, together, 18 and 19, reading, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, and just the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Ah, they say, you see, when Jesus Christ died, Jesus Christ went to a place and preached to some souls that were in prison. So this must be a paradise prison, a nice prison. So they read passages like that and they say, only go to paradise first. And then Jesus went to paradise to preach to these souls. If it was then, then oh, all these people can go to heaven. And now we also, when we die today, we also need to go to this paradise and wait for our turn before we go to heaven. So this is, these are some examples of scriptures that people read and they think like that. Now the question is this. Maybe ask, um, all right, ask Matthew. Do you agree with your sister that a Christian, a true believer, when a true believer dies, the soul Im goes immediately to heaven or goes to somewhere else before that? Go somewhere else before that. All right. Nathaniel, what do you think, Nathaniel? You come back, you get asked already. <laughs> what do you think? Alright, go somewhere else away because we read. Go paradise, Jesus went to paradise to preach. Then we have to be clear what is the meaning of paradise. Right? It boils down to that. Now turn with me. Maybe ask this first. How many heavens are there? Phoebe. How many heavens are there? One heaven, okay. Jillian, uh, uh, how many heavens? Two heavens. One, two, who want to guess three? Right? <laughs> guess three. Now the Bible mentions three heavens. <laughs> three heavens. So let's establish first. What is the first heaven? Turn to Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Actually, we will study this in BBK, alright? So it's very important to study BBK. So you know. Genesis chapter 6, verse 7. Let's read Genesis 6 together. And the Lord said, I will destroy men whom I have created from the face of the earth, both men and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, 
for it repenteth me that I have made them. Now, this word air, fowls of the air. Grace, what, is, what, what are fowls? Birds, flying, flying creatures. Safer to say creature. Flying creation of God. Birds, for example. Fowls, the birds. Okay, the birds. Fowls. Now, this word air. Air is the same word as where other parts are translated as heaven. It's the same Hebrew word, heaven. The fowls of heaven. The birds of heaven. So, the first heaven um, refers to this heaven. Now, you turn to Genesis chapter 1, please. Genesis chapter 1. Okay, now then there is the word heaven. The birds fly in the heaven. So that is the first mention of one of the heaven. And then you read um, verse, let me see, verse 15. Let's read verse 15 together. One, two reading. And God made two great lights. Uh, sorry, 15. And let them be for light in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. Now, this is the other heaven. This other heaven is where the stars, the sun resides. So, the first heaven is within our um, atmosphere. Birds fly. Which blood birds fly outside our atmosphere? Noah. They'll die, right? They can't breathe. Now, this, uh, this other heaven mentioned is the second heaven, which is where the sun, the moon um, resides, the star. So this is the outer part beyond our atmosphere, second heaven. Is there a third heaven? So Gillian said two heavens, so maybe she's referring to this. Is there a third heaven? Now let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You see, God is very accurate. God created the universe. He knows how many heavens there are, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So Phoebe, do you, uh, no, Elisha, do you think there is another heaven, third heaven? And Phoebe say, I don't know, I don't think so. Second Corinthians chapter 12. Um, let's see what verse we should read. Verse 2, let's read together. Uh, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. See, the Bible mentions third heaven. This is the third heaven. Now, in this scene, the Apostle Paul was actually talking about God did take him to a third heaven. He just didn't want to say it was him. And then he said, now I cannot tell, but now in this third heaven is where he witnessed things that he said man cannot talk about. That's why I say those people, we studied the other time, some people say, oh, I went to heaven and then I came back and they talk about many, many things. They can't be true. Because the apostle himself, God said he took him to heaven. He had a vision and he went to heaven and he saw revelations. But he said, I'm not allowed to talk about it. We studied the last time, right? You ask, what about people who say, I went to heaven? Not true, all just false. 
But here, he said, I went to third heaven. This third heaven is where he would see. Now, let's look at verses, verse 5. Verse, verse 5. Verse 5 says what? Of such an one will I, uh, will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my own infirmities, and so on and so on. Now, where does this, where is this third heaven? Let's read verse 4 together. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Now here Paul is talking about he actually was in the third heaven, the heaven where God dwells. That's why he said he saw things. They say he cannot glory about. Only God can take glory for those things. He did not mention on any of those things. So Paul was in heaven, the third heaven where God dwells, where we don't know, but it's called the third heaven in the Bible. What is the third heaven called? See who, who is um, um, uh, very observant. Uh, wait, let me see. Uh, Anna. The third heaven in verse 2, the third heaven in verse 2, where God dwells, is described in verse 4 with what word? Paradise. Paradise. Are you getting it? That's why we have teens before lunch, so that you're not hungry. <laughs> Please know, third heaven where God dwells in the Bible is explained to us in 2 Corinthians with the word paradise. So when Jesus said, Thou will be with me in paradise, this day you will be with me in paradise, Jesus referred to the third heaven, which Paul, God, used Paul to explain to us is heaven. So when we say paradise, it is third heaven, where God dwells. Alright, I look at, I look at uh, Gracia. Gracia had this smile on her face and looking around. I was right. I was right. Yeah, so Gracia, you're right. The third heaven, but the question is, could you have explained it? <laughs> Now, the third heaven is paradise. There is no such thing as a holding place. Can we prove further? Can we prove further? Do people go to a holding place? Turn to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. Now, here is the famous martyrdom of Stephen. Acts chapter 7, verse 59. Shall we read verse 59 together? Reading. And they stoned Stephen. And Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, send me to paradise. No, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Je now, it is very clear. Look at verse 55 and being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God where does God dwell Anna you know Anna Enoch where does God dwell in heaven which heaven now first second third huh? third heaven Stephen saw the third heaven open. Why do we know it's the third heaven? Because it's where God dwelt. He saw God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. So this is heaven. And what did he say? Jesus, receive me to heaven, to where you are. Receive my spirit. 
The people did not have any ideas that they were going somewhere else. It's going to directly receive me to where you are in heaven. Furthermore, let us look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. Let us read together. Second Corinthians 5, 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and present in paradise, is present with the Lord. Where does the Lord stay? Grace. Mount Pleasant. Where does the Lord stay? In heaven, correct. The Lord stay in heaven. Paul said, now we are so confident. Confident about what? That the moment I'm absent in the body, the meaning of absent in the body is not all of you during worship service. Absent in the body, my mind is somewhere far away. This absent in the body means dead. The body is dead and the spirit is absent from the body. Where does the spirit, where does Paul say, I'm so confident my spirit will be? when he's absent from the body, with the Lord. The Lord in the third heaven. The third heaven is called paradise. Immediately in paradise. Alright? So when you read scriptures, you have to be clear. There is no such thing as a holding place. This is a concept that spawned from many, um, well, the Roman Catholics have that concept of, of, of purgatory. Then they have the cults have this concept of soul sleep. When you die, the Christian die, and then he just sleep. Sleep in a limbo. You know limbo? Just floating in the middle of nowhere. Just sleeping in limbo, not going to heaven yet, unconscious. And then one day the person will wake up and then go to heaven. All these are not in scriptures. Spawned from many cults, many men's imagination, many false teachings. Now, the Roman Catholics teach this because they, they want you to think. You go to purgatory. Now, in purgatory, the only way you can get out of purgatory, which you still need to be burning, clean yourself up, is, the, is to give the, the Roman Catholic Church money to pray. To give the Catholic Church money to pray so that when the Catholic Church pray for, for your soul or for your relative soul, it will go from purgatory to heaven faster. Don't have to suffer so long. It's for money to build St. Peter's Basilica. All these are concoction of man's idea, and then it trickled down to people who do not know God's word, interpret it like that. But what about First Peter? You say, turn to First Peter. Or should we wait till we cover this in First Peter? But I think we should explain it here just in case. Because some of you don't attend First Peter. By the way, those of you who want to follow First Peter is also on our YouTube. First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3. So how do you explain? You see, these people said there were souls in prison. And Jesus, after he died, they interpreted Jesus when he died, he went to these prisons and preached to these souls. So how to explain that? Josiah. Wait, everyone in this room. CP. How to explain that Jesus died and went to preach to these souls in prison. That's why there were some souls in prison. Just a nice prison. 
the Roman Catholics like to use this to say, you see, there's purgatory. People must go somewhere first. Aaron, want to try? Say again? Hell. You see, some say Jesus went to hell to preach to souls. Let's talk about hell first. Huh? Um, Noah. Any points in this passage about Noah, right? So I ask you. Now, Noah. Any point preaching to souls in hell? Why no? <laughs> they're already in hell. Alright, they're already in hell. Alright, they're already there. Do they have a second chance? No. God says it's appointed unto men once to die, and after that, judgment. So can it be hell? Can't be. No point. What's the point? So how do you explain this? One more, one more person. Josiah. Come you're not sitting with your sister? Oh, okay. Josiah, yes. Not sure. Alright, then Jemima. Last one. Some of you wrote your first Peter um, outline and you got it right. Oh, Jemima. No, okay, last one. Brenda. I think, I thought you got it right. Bodily resurrection, so he came back. No, then I got. I guess you got it wrong. <laughs> All right, what is this about? So people read this. You see, Jesus had to go to somewhere to free the Christians from the prison. What is this about? Read it simply. It's very simple. Just read it without this preconceived idea of a limbo place. Now let's read verse eight. Uh, let me read to you. You think. For Jesus, for Christ, verse 18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Alright, Jesus must bring us to God. Talking about the gospel. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So Jesus had to die for our sins and was resurrected. Now, resurrected by who? Uh, Elim. Don't look at me, I always say the trick is look at the Bible. Resurrected by who? Look at the Bible, verse, verse 18. By the Spirit, right? So Jesus died in the flesh, but raised, quickened, brought to life by the Spirit. Now, then verse 19, by which? What is which? In other words, you can put it, by the Spirit, by which, huh? referring to the same thing, by the Spirit also he, Jesus, went to preach unto the, unto the spirits in prison. Now, so here, say, here it says Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, went to preach to some people in prisons. Now, the question is, who are these people in prisons? Edda. Unbelievers? How do you know? Verse 20. Verse 20. Now, who are these who is the witch in verse 19? The spirit. Who, is, who are the spirits in prison? Explain in verse 20. Which, now this witch refer to the spirits in prison. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God walked in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. So is it clear as broad daylight? Who are these souls in prison? Tell me. They are the people that were sometimes in disobedience. What is this word sometime? This word sometime means formerly, in the past. So let me read to you this way. 
by the Spirit, Jesus went to preach to the spirits in prison, and these spirits in prison are those who were formerly in disobedience. When did they live? At, when did they live? When, do this, when did these spirits that were disobedient live? Grace. Lou. When did this when did these people live? We know who we establish who they are. They are people that were in prison in the past, but when? During whose time? During whose time? Jeremy? Noah. During Noah's time, you see? Verse 20. These people, the people in prisons, verse 20, the people in prisons were the disobedient ones that lived during Noah's time when the ark was being prepared and they were disobedient, they would not believe. Only eight souls were saved because only eight souls believed. Now we paint the whole picture. Who did Jesus, through the Spirit, went to preach? The people that were disobedient. That is why they were called souls, the spirit in prison. They were spirit in prison because they were disobedient people. They were imprisoned by their sin. They are not staying somewhere, their spirit staying somewhere in prison. They were imprisoned by their sin and they, do not, they did not want to respond to God. These are the ones who formally, formally, Sometimes they live during Noah's time. What is saying? It said God sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit during the time of Noah to keep preaching to the people that live in Noah's time. These people they were like imprisoned in, in, in their sin. They would not repent. Only eight souls repented. It has no mention about Jesus going to hell. Any mention about hell here? No. The only place mentioned is Noah's time. No mention of hell. So you, it's like, you know, someone tells you something, and then you read, all, you have all sorts of imagination, and then you think, what well, hell, everything. When God is simply saying, Jesus, send the Holy Spirit to preach those people who live in Noah's time. They were disobedient, like people in prison. They don't want to be released. Nothing to do with Jesus going to hell to preach to people, or to paradise to preach to people. Clear as broad daylight. All right, Brenda, you explain in return. Um, Where did Jesus? That is all. By His Spirit, He preached to the unbelievers in Noah's time. Now, when you preach the gospel, please know this. Is it really you preaching? You must learn. Lord, may your Holy Spirit speak to this house. That's why God's salvation, God says salvation is not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of God. That is what it means. So, no such limbo place. Okay? That is why Peter, uh, Paul says, to depart, to be with Christ, which is far better. Paul said, I want to die. To depart from this world is better because... I will be with Christ. Not I will be going to a nice holding place. I will be with Christ. Christ is not in a holding place. Christ is in heaven. Stephen saw him in third heaven. Christ is in heaven. If you just in case you have any doubt about this address, it's called third heaven. Alright? So be very clear. Um, very confident that I live, I'll be in heaven. Alright, Anna, you didn't ask this question, but now you got the answer. Okay.
anyone have any further question about this? Because I want to establish this once and for all. Don't think of funny, un, uh, have funny understanding. It is not in the Bible. God didn't say that. God said, I'll bring you to heaven straight away and then you keep having doubt. I'm going somewhere else first. Ah, Claude, alright? Convinced? Yep. Why, why did you think we go somewhere first, Claude? Maybe... Hmm? Uh, I just someone thought that they are still unclean. Someone unclean? Not qualified yet. Yep. So, now when we have this kind of idea, the Roman Catholic have this idea. You're not clean enough yet. You must go to purgatory, still get roasted a bit, pay for your sins before you go to heaven. Thomas, what is the problem with the idea? Um, where, do start, uh, where do I start? So many wrong with that. Yes. That means you can wash your sin away. Number one, wash your sin away by how? By going through like, Suffering. Right, you go to purgatory and you suffer yourself. There is no grey area in the Bible. No, no grey. Die in heaven. You have to go to purgatory is to suffer for some of your sins. Then it means Christ's suffering is not sufficient, correct? Christ's work is not complete, correct? What did Christ say on the cross? What were his last words? Um, uh, Jennifer, what were Christ's last words on the cross? Hmm? It is finished. It is not finished. They must go to purgatory for a bit. I need to leave a little bit for them. Or I'm not powerful enough to clean it up. It is finished. Complete. So to think of it that way is to say, Lord, your work is not complete. I know, we are humble. Say, Lord, I, I don't deserve. I'm so unclean. But don't think that way. Being humble in the wrong thinking is still not good. It doesn't give glory to God, alright? God said, I paid for everything. It makes us more grateful. But it also makes us think that there is another way to get our sins cleansed besides the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? The sacrifice is incomplete. So bad thinking. The glory of God is this. The cross is the glory of God. The glory of God is that He alone finished the work of salvation and none of us can take any glory that I paid some of it myself. Understand? Right? So that's the joy of knowing the truth and the thankfulness um, alright who else heard of other reasons why we need to go somewhere and wait anyone John uh, John the other John have you heard of any of this explanation yeah, yeah. so people talk about going to a waiting place establish once and for all paradise in 2nd Corinthians is third heaven third heaven is where Jesus dwells. is where Stephen said receive my spirit now Straight away. Confident of this one thing, absent in the body, present with the Lord. No prison. No prison. Present with the Lord. Alright, now we ask, we quickly, we have one more, we have to ask one, try to answer one more question. So if you still have doubts about this, I hope not. Now, so this person asks, are we allowed to play there with other people? You know it's there? D-A-R-E. Truth or dare? Alright, Gracia know what it is. Does the adult know what it is? Uh, do adults know? Frank, you know what is truth or dare? 
<laughs> she said, that's not what's truth or dare. Yeah, the kids play this in school, so parents, you better know. Now, truth or dare. What is truth? Okay, Anna, what is truth or dare? As the students in school. Quick, talk fast. Okay, so you have a choice. You ask, truth or dare, which one do you choose? Then your child say, truth. Then they will pick up a question and say, or they will say, truth means you must truthfully answer whatever question that I ask you. Okay, of course there are many versions, but this is, basically you must answer whatever I ask you truthfully. You cannot lie. Now if you don't want, alright, you don't want, then say, then you choose dare. Dare means you I dare you to do anything that I tell you. So you, if you don't want to choose truth, you must choose dare. You must be daring and you're dare to do, challenge to do anything that they ask you. So this child asks, is it okay for Christians to play truth or dare? How many are familiar with truth or dare in school? Wow, okay, so it's common today. Eh? Oh, in, in university. Okay, alright, truth or dare. So should you play it? What do you think? Ask parents. Alright, Laura, what do you think? Both your child are saying, <laughs> should Christians play that? Well, I guess it depends on the intention. The intention. To humiliate the other. Sometimes truth or dare is to humiliate others. So maybe if your Christian say, hmm, I want to humiliate the other person. Truth or there and then you ask them to ask some embarrassing question that is very personal very private kind of thing right and then they have to do it or they have to say not good to embarrass is it nice to embarrass others not good so i think christians should not play with that intention maybe brothers and sisters play innocently not to not to embarrass each other is different but in school and especially with unbelievers is very different number one very good the intention, should you play it? What else? What do you think? Maybe uh, uh, some parents behind. Um, Sunny, do you think your children should play that? Would you encourage them? Um, so there's a risk that they might be there to deny, deny Christ? Very good. There is the chance, and in fact it's very highly likely that unbelievers will play this. Make you do something sinful. I dare you to do something they know you're a christian all right faith i dare you to say i hate jesus but you promise to play then how right okay i hear the voice but i don't know where it's coming from who is it oh okay okay i hear a nice loud voice very clever oh you can don't do it you can don't do it right Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But remember, for the Christian, we are told um, in Matthew 5.37, let your yea be yea, nay be nay, right? For the Christian, let your yes be yes, no be no. If you say, yes, I will play with you. Then after they say, no, I won't do it. Not very good. Well, unless you declare first, I will play dare, truth or dare with you, but I choose whether to answer or not to dare. Then they say, ah, I don't want to play with you anyway. Yes, you can declare that first. You can declare that first. You're right. But probably they all don't want to play with you. 
Now, yes, so I think they can ask you to dare to do something which, which then is not nice. Veronica, do you pledge truth or dare? Yes. So what I say? I dare you to kiss Noah. <laughs> but you, you say I will play. So I think these are things. Now I'm not saying that if you play it's sinful. I dare you eat a cockroach. That kind of thing. Now if you want to play, yeah, if you can walk away, fine. You can walk away, fine. If you do want to play, like Laura rightly mentioned, don't try to embarrass someone, kind of thing. Okay, so I think um, these are some of the things that you should take note of. Um, but there is a Christian principle. Now let us look at Colossians 3.17. Always use Christian principle to help us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, then we go to end. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Now let us read together. And, Colossians 3, 17. And whatsoever ye do, in, deed, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So God says, whatever we do, think of this. I do in the name of the Lord Jesus. Right? Don't do something that is sinful. Don't do something that is going to embarrass others and make fun of others and bully others. Not good. If innocently playing and no sinful things, yeah, I, I'm not saying that is all wrong. Um, so you may be asked to do something that will affect your testimony. There are Christians who want to be so much part of friends, they will they are under pressure and they say things and do things that as Christians they don't and then they regret after that. So what's the point? Play some other games. Alright, if you do play, then play, play um, things that do it in not a sinful way. Okay, so that's all. Next, next time I come around, I actually wanted to answer this but I didn't get to. Now if you do something wrong, like stealing, robbery, and you don't get caught, you're the only children thing like that. Should you thank God for not getting caught? <laughs> oh, Daddy, mommy, you know today uh, I stole something in school, you know. Oh, thank God, you know, the teacher walked past and didn't see it. We should thank God tonight at family prayer. I didn't get caught. Alright? So only children will think of that. But when you're asked by your kid, what are you going to say? Let us turn to God in prayer.